and welcome to the sixth and final episode of season one of Love and Life podcast. Got a lot to catch you up on and wrapping up the season, getting ready for, I don't know, our whole reality to shift really. How are <laughs> yeah. you doing, babe? I'm good. I'm seven months pregnant and I am failing it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've last spoke. I think season five, we had just gotten married um, and it's been a few months as yeah. a married couple. How's it feel? Three months. It's so good. It's been such an amazing few months. Yeah. How do you feel being married? I love being married. Yeah. I love being married to you. Yeah. Well, I love the commitment that we made. I love what marriage means to us. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I always had a deep resistance to getting married. And obviously our, our relationship and the way we connected is so divine and the timing. Um, but when we did start discussing marriage, obviously we got found out we were pregnant and then that conversation kind of came up and I had so much resistance within myself. Uh, I think the idea of marriage for me growing up was just, you know, I think it's like 50% divorce rate. And I know you've been divorced as well. And it's like all of this stuff that just, I feel like, it just seemed like a big joke. Like it was like a next step. Like how can you like say it's forever and then it's 50% divorce rate like right in your face. It's just like a big lie to me. Mm -hmm. And so I always had a lot of resistance to that. And, and then, you know, working through my own story to um, decide to get married to you. And, you know, I didn't, there's a lot of reasons that went into that decision, like why we went into it so quickly. Um, obviously the baby on the way, I didn't feel pressured to do it. Like, because, you know, it's so funny because my parents, I think they had, they had been pregnant with my brother before they got married and they got married really quickly because of this view of the world that you can't, you know, have a child, have out, a of child wedlock, out of wedlock, but, yeah. but that was nothing to do with what our story was. <laughs> but anyways, I was working through my own resistance with that. And it really surprised me that when we went through that ceremony, and we came together and we made that commitment together, how powerful it was and how powerful um, creating this family unit energetically really was. And I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be honest with you. I was like, oh, we're getting married. I don't think anything's really gonna change. Um, but there is this, you know, going through the ceremonial process and the ritual of it and really committing to each other with our own vows. Um, I just feel really so connected to you and Realizing, and, and I'm so grateful to have a partner that, you know, we create the story of what marriage is to us and what a sacred union is and the commitment we're making to each other, not because of some false idea of, you know, obligation mm -hmm. to one another, but a commitment to speak our truth in every moment, even the most difficult truths um, and working through that together. I think it's really beautiful and I'm really grateful to go on this journey with you. Mm, me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really wanted to get married and I always said after I got divorced that I would never get married again. But, you know, really, I think what I was saying was I'll never make this blind commitment and not talk with someone about it again, because that was what happened to me last time we got married and never really talked about what that actually meant to us. Um, whereas you and I formalized our union with the state or whatever marriage actually is. But that part, you know, is not really what was important to me. What was important to me were all the conversations that we had about what commitments we could make to each other and what the commitments that we wanted to make to each other, what we wanted our lives to be, what we wanted this family to be. 
Um, and, you know, we put our own ceremony around it before and after um, as well. And that meant a lot. I had my own ceremony by myself even around like changing my name and this transition from who I was to who I am now, which is to do with a lot of things. Motherhood, it's to do with being in this family with you. It's to do with living in America and letting go of some some of this kind of one foot in the door I had in Australia. There's a lot that kind of culminated around that time that was just so beautiful, but it was all done with such intention, such, you know, so much conversation and light um, that we brought to what we were doing. And that's what really matters and really means a lot to me. And that's why it's so special, I think. Yeah, no doubt. How have the first few months of marriage been? I mean, it's been a, a few months since we've gotten married. We are seven weeks away from our due date at this moment, which mm-hmm. we think baby Luca is going to come a little bit early. We're putting bets on. <laughs> yeah, whoever wants to put a bet on. I, I mean, by the time this comes out, I think we'll be pretty close to popping. I'm betting the 13th of March, just for the record. Yeah. You're betting I, the 9th, right? Yeah, 9th <laughs> of March. That came to me, I think. It's... uh. It's going to be close. What is that, a Pisces baby? Yeah. I feel like he's a Pisces. He's due the 20th. So if he goes late, he'll be Aries. Like literally. Nobody wants an Aries baby. <laughs> I don't, I have, honestly, I don't know anything about astrology. I need to dive into it a little bit more. I don't know, but he loves it when I get in the hot tub in the water. So I feel like he's a Pisces. But So how's the, how's the pregnancy been going? Update everybody. I mean, we've well, officially reached the mark of you. I've known you longer yeah. as a pregnant woman than not pregnant, which I is know, interesting. That is such a... Oh my goodness. What did I say? It's like a distortion. We were talking about it just before the show. It's so strange. Like I feel like, oh, I've been myself for 39 years not pregnant and I've been pregnant for seven months. Like the time that I've known myself pregnant compared to not is so dramatic. But you have known me now almost double the amount of time as a pregnant person than pre. So I find that strange. Yeah. Um, How's it been going so far? Yeah, I mean, it's it's challenging for sure. I feel like I've had about three weeks of this pregnancy that were great. <laughs> um, the first, like entering into my third trimester, things went really well for the first three weeks. And just this last week, again, I'm feeling physically, it's really taxing on me again. So I'm grateful for those three weeks where I felt pretty good. Um, I was able to move more, like going walking, and it just didn't feel the same pressure on my body. Um, I don't know, but the physical side of pregnancy has been really challenging, but the spiritual side and the emotional side and preparing has been really beautiful. Um, lots have come with that. Like there is, it is a transition. There is this like grieving and letting go. And then there's this joy and opening and welcoming and excitement for what's coming. And that, that process has been really beautiful. So seven weeks away. Mm-hmm. I'm very ready. I'm ready, like, yeah, ready to yeah. get your body back. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm nervous still about, like when I really think about, you know, I'm going to go into labor and within roughly a day, maybe a day and a half, maybe less than a day, depending on how long my labor is, everything changes. <laughs> like we're going to have a Forever. baby. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> It's easy for me to focus on my physical body right now because there are moments where it's like, it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh gosh, I just can't wait to not have this pressure, this expanding pressure that is constantly inside me. Um, But everything changes after that point. Like we, 
I don't get to just, I don't know, lay in bed and read a book until whatever time I want. Or Yeah, responsibilities I mean, change. Yeah, I mean, Our whole reality is going to shift in an instant. It is. And I know we're both being very conscious and will be very um, intentional about how we handle our life with a child and we're not going to fall into that mindset of just like, oh, well, everything's, you know, we don't have any choices anymore. Like that's absolutely not how I feel. But I, I do know and I'm well aware that it's a paradigm shift. I looked after freedom for a week by myself last week while you, or 10 days it was, while you were down in Costa Rica. And it's the first time I've spent that much time being fully responsible for her and I decided to go and get an Airbnb about an hour out of town in this beautiful place called Canyon Lake. Um, so we weren't in our normal space either. She didn't have a back garden she could run around in because there were holes in the fence and I was too worried that she might run away. And so I had all this like extra responsibility of like every time she went outside, I had to put her on um, the lead. Like I had this like long lead so she could still run around, but I had to touch her. Had to remember to feed her when I went to the store and like on my way down to Canyon Lake, I went to the store and I had to leave her in the car. And it was like all these things that I was thinking about coordinating <laughs> for freedom, who I'm used to being around, who I'm used to kind of, at least I know the drill because of you, but it was this little taste of like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be really different when you have a baby on board. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why it's such a team effort too. And it's one of those things I was talking to somebody, I forget who it was, but they have like a five and a seven-year-old and they had to do 10 days without their partner. And it was like just the littlest things that they don't realize that the other partner just takes takes care of like yeah. without anybody saying anything or noticing. And when they're gone, you're like, oh, wow. You kind of take that for granted, the, the help, even the smallest thing yeah. that is just so unconscious because it just flows so easily when it's a team. And I think that's why it's so important to have like really, really strong communication. And I think a big lesson for you know, myself and yourself is this, you know, asking for help and and mm -hmm. being able to be like, hey, like this, because I know we both really want to put in a lot of effort and be of service to each other and make sure each other is doing well. But if we do need help, being able to reach out and be like, hey, I need some help for, with this or mm -hmm. can you take care of this for me? And I think that's a big lesson that we're both going to have to step up on. Definitely. It's very uncomfortable for me to ask for help and it pushes me way outside of my like identity, I suppose. I'm so, I've been so attached in my life to this independence and this kind of strong, like whatever I paint that picture as being this strong, independent person who doesn't really need anybody. Um, and so to just surrender into like, I really do need some help sometimes. Um, and it's probably going to be a lot more intense when baby Luke is in the world, so yeah. No doubt about it. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about being a mom? What's coming up with that? Uh, mostly I feel excited. Like it's, I've been transitioning, you know, I think we talked in previous episodes about some of the different things have come up for me around responsibility and it's beautiful the way pregnancy does prepare you. You've said this a number of times, but this nine month period, really, you go on a journey and you do start to shift and transition. And I have noticed myself being more responsible and thinking things through more and just taking a little bit more time. So an example is with Freedom, like the first few times I let her out, she went through the hole in the fence and she ran off. Um, it was on the first day and she came back 
Lord, the first time was during daylight. She came back. And then the second time was in the evening. And again, she came back, but she came back a little bit longer. And I was probably for about 10 minutes like, oh, my goodness. Like, she better freaking come back. Otherwise, this is like my worst nightmare. Joe goes to Costa Rica and I lose his dog. (laughs) Um, But after that moment, I thought to myself, well, what do I do for the rest of the week? Do I roll the dice Or do I be responsible and put her on the lead so that one, I don't have to worry and stress about it and two, I can be sure nothing happens and I chose that latter option. And I really think me of a year ago or even six months ago would have rolled the dice. And and we've talked a little bit about this, but I do have this tendency to kind of roll the dice on things a lot more because usually in my life, I've only been the one that's been impacted. Um, But when you start thinking about your family, your partner, your beautiful favourite, America's favourite dog, (laughs) and your baby coming, it's like, no, I don't want to roll the dice on these little things that actually don't really matter. Like, take the risks in my business that are going to pay off with big reward, but I don't need to take a risk that's just stressful and idiotic. So I don't know if that makes sense, It's, but it's something that I've noticed in myself where I've started to just slow down for like 30 more seconds when I'm making small decisions and just check in with myself. My intuition has gone like so much stronger. Like That mother that mother yep. energy is coming in strong, totally, huh? Totally, I can feel it. And I've always been very intuitive and, you know, off and on really connected with that and particularly the last number of years really been cultivating that practice of trusting and listening to my intuition. But now it's just like... It's raging and I feel so connected with it. So that's a real, that's really beautiful. It's a real gift and it, it does make me feel more prepared and trusting in just this overall process of transitioning into motherhood. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also have my moments where I'm totally overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, can I really do this? Do I really want this even comes up for me? Like, holy shit, I'm just like giving up like this life that I had. Um, but I guess the other way that I frame that is like, I've had that life. I've had those experiences. Nobody takes that away. It doesn't disappear. Now I get to have new and different experiences, which is also amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. How about you? How are you feeling about being a dad? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm super stoked about it. First off, I think it's really cool to have an opportunity to create and cultivate the father-son relationship that I've always desired and wanted. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. But now that it's, you know, like you're talking about, the universe gives us nine months to prepare. And now it's it's coming in hot. I mean, it literally could happen at any moment now. And, um, and you know, I'm questioning whether I'm ready. And it's, it's, it is really nerve-wracking knowing, you know, all the stories you hear about people are like, yeah, just wait, just wait. And they're like mm-hmm. exhausted and tired. Like, yeah, get your sleep now, you know, and all this stuff. Um, and there is other people that I've heard that it's really beautiful because even though it, you're really tired because you're taking care of this thing, you're really running off this pure life force energy that comes from, you know, source itself. And, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of energy that provides me, like, like that fatherly mature, masculine leader, um, you know, father figure, supporter, teacher, uh, sharer of wisdom. I'm just super stoked to guide this human being into the world and give him the support to really step into his own true power 
and spend every moment really trying to cultivate that in the best way I know how. I know obviously there's going to be a, a huge growth experience for both of us. Um, I know he's going to be our biggest teacher. And, you know, I think it's really cool this concept that, you know, especially in our generation and you look around the world, uh, you know, people, you see kids and, and, and adults are trying to put their adult programming and stories onto the kid. When I think really children are way more connected to divinity itself, they're way more pure, their innocence is untainted. And if we really allow, allow that to shine through, uh, can really teach us a lot because they are a lot more connected to God than we are. And I'm really excited to w see what that experience is like. Obviously, I won't know until I go through it, but really, you know, it's going to just lead to so much. And I'm glad I have an awareness and you have an awareness. We can communicate through this because, you know, I've heard it, it just random habits and patterns will come out to the surface that maybe we were parented in a certain way with a situation that comes up and having the ability to have an awareness of that. Like, oh, wow, I didn't want to act like that. And being able to shift that story uh, real time. Um, but yeah, I know it's going to challenge me and us in a lot of ways, but it's going to force us to grow. And I'm excited to see the energy that I can really embody from this experience. And I'm just really stoked. You know, when I was down in Costa Rica, I had this vision. I went on a seven day retreat for ayahuasca ceremonies and it was really beautiful. I had the opportunity to kind of do this one last retreat, um, you know, by myself uh, to get kind of ready for this next stage of life. And during that time, I had an experience actually where, where Luca came to me and I saw just his, his spirit and just a, a little brief moments of our life together and, you know, being able to teach him and him teach me and being able to just go through life with the best friend that I can really just talk about the universe with. I mean, it's just so beautiful uh, and share my experience and, and wisdom with him and, you know, him sharing it right back at me. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be more happy and stoked and I'm definitely scared shitless as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be the most amazing father. I'm just so excited. Thanks, babe. I, I'm so stoked to go on this journey with you and um, I'm stoked for all the listeners to, you know, continue on to season two where we'll be, uh, you know, going through the pregnancy where you, for the, I think we explained yeah, it a little think, bit, but we're doing a home birth, which. Yeah. And I think we'll probably record one or two episodes before the birth and then the rest of the season will be after. So yeah, we'll figure yeah. that out when it comes, mm. but are you nervous about a home birth? No, I'm not anymore. I mean, is there like this tiny, tiny percent of me that's still maybe, but for no, like I feel pretty pretty good now with everything that I've read and everything that I've felt into that intuition with the support that we do have, the people we're working with, the intention that we're putting around it. I feel, I have no doubt it's the right thing for me. I think the nerves I have is generally to do with the unknown of, of laboring and giving birth. Like I don't know what that's like. And I mean, you're literally opening a portal yeah. <laughs> with your vagina. Mm-hmm from another dimensional reality, yeah. bringing this living human being into this physical 3D reality. I mean, what a, what a, what an opportunity. Yeah. Like what a beautiful ceremonial experience. That's probably, I mean, going to be the single biggest one of our lives. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited to support you and hold space for you as you go through that and be a strong anchor point for you to really, to support you through that experience. 
Yeah, I think that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is while I'm birthing, laboring and birthing is like to be as primal as possible and to just let go of any, like it, I really have to step into this space that the only thing that matters that day is me and mm. baby Luca. And it's a little bit challenging to think that I really need to not worry about you or our midwife or our doulas or anybody or anything else and just be 100% focused on myself and not judging myself and not being concerned with like, oh, sorry, am I being too loud or am I being too needy or am I asking for too many things? And it's like, I just need to let go of that for 24 hours and just step into full, because I intuitively feel that the more connected I can just be with exactly what I need, want, desire, feel to do in every exact moment during labouring and birth, um, the more, I guess, I don't know, just the more in sync with that natural process I will be. And we're all there to support you through that. Yeah. Anything you need. It's like overwhelming to think like that. That's, I just, that's what I have to be in that moment. Yep. But the I can't lessons think will of, continue. Yeah, I can't think of better people to be supporting me. So let's talk about the, the, the first, the first 40 days after I know you're reading a book about really taking really good care of your body, of the baby, of nurturing that space of transition, especially for the baby finally becoming its own thing separate from you, which you know, you were talking about too, this is a really cool concept, how you're you're saying you feel baby Luca, but you can't feel what he's feeling. Yeah. And it's like this microcosm of the oneness of this reality where me and you, a lot of the Eastern philosophies talk about this, where we are one. This whole experience is one. God is the experience. We are that. So there is separation is the illusion. So me and you are one, but we can't feel what each other's feeling. And so the pregnancy is like a microcosm of that. Like you and baby Luca are very much one. He is you, you are him. Yeah, he's attached to me. Like It's like there's another organ or something. I mean, he's literally inside of you, (laughs) but he is also separate from you. Yeah, I don't know what his arm feels like when he, like, I don't know what it feels like to him when he bends his arm or kicks his leg. I think that's so cool. (laughs) I don't know what it feels like when the bottom of his foot pushes on my stomach. I know what my stomach feels like when it receives the kicking of his foot, but I don't know what it feels like the sensation on the bottom of his foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, it's so the divine weird. dichotomy, right? You are both one, but you are both separate, which is a, such a great metaphor for what this whole entire experience is. And it's yeah. crazy how perfect it all is. Um, let's talk about the first 40 after kind mm-hmm. of some of the updates on that and how you plan on handling it and stuff you've learned. And then let's explore this idea of a Lotus birth that we actually, um, it, it came into our awareness. I don't think we're going to go through with it because we talked to some people, but we can talk about what that is and maybe the challenges and why we decided not are deciding not to yeah. do it. Yeah. So my friend or our friend Tallulah, who's amazing, she's a doula, lives in Italy, sent me a book called The First 40 Days. And I had spoken with a couple of people about this concept, but it's very much um, a traditional concept that can be found across many, many different ancient cultures where the first somewhere between 30 to 40 something days in consistently across these ancient cultures, um, the woman the women who, who birth take this time with their baby and with their family and to be supported and looked after essentially so that they don't, once again, 
do very much. They kind of let their bodies naturally rest because what's the philosophy of a lot of it is what's best for the mother is best for the baby. So the better, because the baby's completely feeding off the mother and completely reliant on the mother. In the and same how way, important the energy of all that is too, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. So a lot of like, I mean, especially right after birth, like skin to skin contact, um, should be the very first thing. I mean, you know, we're talking, you'll be catching baby Luca and he'll be coming straight onto our skin and we'll, I imagine, spend an hour or two or however long we want just lying together, the three of us. Um, I mean, we'll talk to that once it happens. But yeah, the idea is that for the first 40 days, um, it's very quiet, very uh, just us three, being really strong with boundaries around visitors and all of that because a lot of especially in our modern western culture a lot of people want to come and visit the baby and see them and everybody's anticipating and waiting for this birth but that's just very overwhelming like the baby's just come into the world the mother's just gone through like quite a huge transition so the way that I've been thinking about it there's the whole nutrition side and stuff as well which we can get into but what's really resonating with me is just this is a really big transition for our family the birth is a huge ceremony and I want to integrate that shift in energy for us. So I want to have time, particularly the first, what's coming to me is like seven to 10 days. I'm going to turn my phone off and actually just be in this house with you and baby Luca and freedom. And I'm going to rest my body. I'm basically going to stay in my bedroom most of in our bedroom most of the time, set the bedroom up to have the things that I need and want around me, the oils, the smells, the whatever visuals that I want to be surrounded by and just bond with our baby and us as a family before I let the rest of the world into all of that. And that feels like so good and so resonant. And I think the phone bit, I mean, you said something to me like, well, you usually turn your phone off when you go to Saltaro and you go on other retreats. It's kind of the same thing. And often we don't think of that when we're just at home, but that's exactly what I want to do. Like the world can, the, the outside world can stop for me for seven days and that's going to be fine. In fact, it's going to be very beneficial for us. Yeah. And anybody that wants to get in contact with her, you can get in contact with me <laughs> yeah. and I'll relay the message because <laughs> exactly. we're a team and we're doing that. Yeah. Talk about the concept of the Lotus birth. We were exploring it for a little bit, but it seems like it might be mm-hmm. something we kind of not get into. I mean, it's the whole idea with, uh, the umbilical cord, right? And in yeah. traditional Western hospitals, they cut the umbilical cord almost instantly. Yeah, I think before you've even birthed the placenta. Wow. The placenta Talk about the, the importance side. of leaving the umbilical cord attached. Yeah, so the first thing I learned about was that the placenta still delivers a lot of life force to the baby for about an hour or two um, after birth. So blood specifically, but all of the blood and nutrients are still pumping in. And... There's about, I think it's about a third of the baby's blood essentially is still in the placenta at birth. So if you chop the cord instantly, the baby misses out on a third of its blood supply. So you can imagine just, I think anyone can understand that basically that, that you know, probably not the best thing to do. You're missing out on something. Yeah. Obviously millions and millions of births have gone without it and the babies are all fine, but it's just like, okay, you want to set your child up for the best. So vaginal birth with all of the bacteria and everything that they pass through is really good for their microbiome. 
if you can avoid having a C-section, which is not always avoidable, but it is really fantastic to for the baby to pass through the birth canal and then leaving the placenta attached for um, like an hour or two, I think it is, until it stops pumping all of that blood into the baby. And then right after I started learning about the first 40 days and right after I had decided to take this sort of very intense um, seven to 10 days of just rest and retreat, I learned about lotus birthing, which is actually leaving the placenta attached until it naturally drops off, which again is an ancient tradition. They didn't necessarily in all cultures used to cut the umbilical cord. They would just leave the placenta attached to the baby until it naturally drops off. So it naturally drops off when every all the nutrients and everything has come out and eventually the umbilical cord just starts to dry up as it does when you cut it and it just drops off. And there's some theories that um, there is more that gets delivered to the baby. It's a more um, na- much more natural process that can then raise consciousness and awareness within the child because there's not this second trauma of a severance that's happening. Mm. Um, it's happening naturally versus cutting. And, you know, I've read a lot about it and I read stories of women who felt physical pain when their cord was cut. And this is like the baby and the placenta are no longer attached to them, but they energetically felt that. Mm. Um, And, you know, obviously there's many stories. Most women don't feel anything at all, but we also know that many people are not very connected to a lot of this stuff. So knowing that we are a lot more connected, I really was interested in it and it kind of supported the idea of the seven days of rest and restoration because you can't do a lot when you have a baby that still has a placenta attached to it. There's care um, that goes into going through this process to ensure that that's still healthy and that the placenta is kind of wrapped and taken care of. So it takes like three to three to 10 days for it to naturally happen. You have to keep the placenta clean (laughs) and fresh and on, on salt and ice. Yeah. I think salt. Make sure it doesn't get infected. I'm sure it's because it's like an organ that's outside the body. So, so um, when I first read about it, I really resonated. I sent it to you. I was like, I think I want to do this. And then, you know, we kind of sat with it and we talked with our midwife and, we've come to the decision we're probably not going to do it. Um, we're pretty comfortable with the level of extra um, extra goodness we're giving our baby by not cutting the cord immediately and allowing me to deliver my placenta naturally and allowing you know, us to not cut the cord until those few hours later. Um, but I'm super intrigued by it and um, you know, very interested and definitely not <laughs> against it by any stretch, but maybe... Maybe it's not the right thing for this birth. So Yeah. And then we're going to take the placenta and get all t- sorts of goodies made out of it. Yeah. Tincture and Some capsules. And capsules. So we'll that, talk to yeah, Austin so the, and see what they're doing. Well, the cool thing, the tincture you can keep for like a long time. And people say that even years later, having a few drops of the tincture can really restore your vitality and all of that. And the placenta capsules that you can take immediately after birth are like incredible for the mother and the breast milk and everything. Yeah. I'm excited to try them. Maybe we can make like a solve and I could rub it all over my body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, amazing. You will yeah. do that. <laughs> I would. I would. Um, let's let's catch everybody up on on how business is going for both of us. Uh, we're both entrepreneurs. We're both very much in this startup phase mm-hmm. with our projects that we're building. Uh, we've got a lot of different projects we're working on. Um, 
So I'd love a little update on where you're at and then I'll share where I'm at. And then maybe a little bit about, you know, for me, it's this, this un, not knowing how I'm going to, cause I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed a little bit and bogged down with a lot of different projects I'm working on. I'm in the middle of writing my book. I got my community, the heart collective that is building momentum, but you know, just starting to get rolling and, you know, got these podcasts I'm working on and it just introducing a baby into that. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle it. I know we're going to figure it out, but maybe share a little bit about your experience and, and how you're feeling moving forward with where you're at with your business. Yeah. You were away for that 10 days and that was quite a pivotal 10 days in the business actually, which was really cool. So we managed during that period to get, into private beta. So my tech platform, Gromotely, is now like live in private beta. So it can't be found by the world, but it's off the the hidden staging servers of my dev shop's office. Um, So that feels really good. It feels like a massive milestone. We're about four months behind schedule on getting this thing to market, which has been incredibly stressful for me and incredibly challenging as a leader to feel in many ways like my hands have been a little bit tired just due to the nature of the delays and everything but we're finally live um my goal is to get live to the market before we give birth um and to kind of have that have the platform stable enough that it's rolling and things are moving so that I can take this bit of time out and be totally focused on our family before coming back to whatever that new reality looks like, which I have no idea and I'm also nervous about. Um, And I think really what I've been trying to do the last few months is just constantly be assessing my priorities, what's important, what's less important, what's the highest impact work that I'm doing and um, practicing saying no a lot and trimming back and trimming down my commitments um, so that I can, I, I love this business, I'm obsessed. Like I'm so excited. So I don't want to not do it. Um, I want to give birth to baby Luca and raise our beautiful son and family. And I want to grow this billion dollar startup. So, mm. but those are the two things. And so everything else kind of has to get dropped at the moment. Yeah. Setting the priorities, right. And, and we're both just time management. What What is important? Um, how fast the days start going? If it's filled up with stuff that you feel like you used to have time for, but you really have to continue to check in. Um so yeah, I'll do a little plug for you. If you're uh-huh. a small or medium-sized business looking to hire fully remote positions, which is definitely where the world is headed, I don't think we're going back, um, visit growmotely.com and check it out. If you're uh, looking for work, a full-time or part-time remote role, go to growmotely.com. I mean, one of the biggest, I think, values for us and the beautiful things about what we're doing and create the life that we're creating is being able to to work from home or work for wherever we want to. And really this opportunity that in the life that we live and in this time that we live is we have the ability to really create a life that we want. And freedom is one of our highest values. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful, the platform you are building to give other people that opportunity to really have freedom, but also be able to create a life and income for themselves and their families. And do work that they love. I mean, let's face it, we all we all want to be engaged in something. I mean, like the the old idea that you want to retire and do nothing. I mean, most of us have discovered now that that's not actually what we want to do with our lives. Like, I think showing up every day 
and having something that you care about that you're making an impact is is the ideal. So I was just thinking as you were talking about the flexibility thing, like there have been that many times through this pregnancy where I'm just like, I do not know how women who have to go to an office for their entire pregnancy every day have done it. Like I can't even, I'm my, you, you all blow my mind. You're amazing because I'm so grateful that I don't have to do that. And I'm not sleeping that well. And then I get up and then I have a nap at 10 AM and like whatever I need to do, I do. And you and I get a lot more time together because you also work from home and you know, that's going to be great with baby Luca as well. Just being able to at least be flexible and in control of that. But, um, I know you are feeling, you kind of go on these waves of overwhelm. Mm. Um, yeah, when we first started this, I mean, it was quarantine. I didn't really, I was in transition still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. The idea for the Heart Collective was very much alive, but not built at all. Um, I had just started writing my book. I started two podcasts. Yeah, you literally, you you were living on the road, enjoying your freedom. And now you have a business. And all these things that I started, right? Three podcasts. Yeah, this is the third one. So I have all these things I'm working (laughs) on and now they're starting to build momentum and grow and starting to take up a lot more time, a lot more space. And then with the baby on the way, um, you know, just, just really look, looking, doing an inventory on my time and where I'm putting my energy and I think all the things I'm building are really important to me. I think they're going to have an impact impact in all their own unique ways. Um, so it's really, you know, the overwhelm I'm realizing is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter how many projects, how much stuff I got going on. I have a choice in each moment to decide to feel anxious or stressed or realize that it's all a perspective and I don't have to do any of it. It's all a part of the game. And it is a fine line, like navigating that, like, I got to get this thing done, but it's like, I will get it done. And like talking to myself, not listening to the voice in my head that's telling me all this stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel really excited. Um, you know, the Heart Collective, a, a community that I built exclusively for former male professional athletes to help them in the transition process. A lot of momentum there, um, built out my team, uh, helping me really get the foundation and the business side set up so that I can focus on building the community and growing it. Uh, got a really solid group of founding members who are all really super engaged and I couldn't be happier with the way it's going um, and really looking forward to, to bringing on more and more men that are focused on reaching their highest potential outside of sports. Um, so if you are interested, if you're a former athlete or you want to hear more about the Heart Collective and the journey that I am on, go to theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. And you can uh, kind of learn more and follow along. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter that keeps you up to date on all of the things we're doing. Amazing work, uh, bringing on thought leader experts. You actually did a call with my group. Yeah, I was going to say, it's such a cool community that you've built. Like those guys are just dynamo. They're amazing, amazing humans. And I was really blessed to do that call with you guys the other day on the energy of money. And I mean, I talked for 30 minutes or so, and then we kind of just got into open conversation and dialogue about people's relationship with money and their experiences and beliefs. And it was just amazing. Like they're really great men. You guys are doing such amazing work and I can feel the energy and the impact that you are having on them and that all of you are having on the extended world around you. Like this is a community of really 
conscious, amazing men who are stepping into or already are in their fullest potential and want to be around others like that and be supported and carry on some of, I guess, some of what you guys had in professional support, but going to that next level, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. That's really the biggest thing I've realized that's missing. And I think every former pro athlete, every athlete really that played in a team sport is, it's something you can't prepare for. You're in a team environment in a locker room with a bunch of like-minded, high-achieving, high-performing individuals who are focused on the same thing, reaching their highest potential and trying to become better and trying to win on the field. And when it's over, you lose all of that. Mm. And this community that I'm building is not anything except a place to just feel like you belong and you can be heard and you're supported by people who are going through a similar experience. I mean, that's just the vision right there. Yeah. I mean, I think that was really cool what we talked about toward the end of the call was just like, once again, being amongst a community of people that are supporting you at your highest good. It may not be in a team scenario where you all have the same goal anymore, but you all do have a common goal in supporting each other to reach your highest potential. It's really Mm. cool. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about some of the conversations I'm having with these former pro athletes and a little bit behind the scenes, um, talking about their transition outside of sports, check out my other podcast, Life Beyond the Game. Um, and I've had some pretty amazing guests on there and I'm going to continue to bring on some, uh, some bigger and bigger names. So if you're into uh, football and want to learn more about that, go check out that podcast. Um, yeah. Ready to do this thing, huh? <laughs> How are you feeling? Good. It's coming in hot. Yeah, it is. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate everybody for listening. And yeah, the support has so been fun. a it's been a really wild journey this this last year. I think it's almost done. We're coming up on a year when we first met, yeah. And kind of where this podcast originated uh, in this first season, and really stoked to everybody that's following along. Uh, would love to hear from you guys. If you go to loveinlifepodcast.com, um, sign up for our newsletter, and we're going to be putting out premium content, and you can be the first to. Find out when season two is coming. Mm-hmm. Season two is going to be great. We're going to be giving birth, having a new We're child. We're actually going to film our birth. Um, Are we? With a GoPro, right? Are we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll get up in there. <laughs> no, I'll have a head cam. No, I don't want the head cam. <laughs> no, but I think we're going to film, like, at least aim to film the birth. So stay tuned. That might be some premium content we can put out there. Mm. If I have an orgasmic birth, which is what I am angling for, I am definitely putting it out there for you all to see. (laughs) Yes, I'm so stoked to witness this, babe. (laughs) Yep. Well, thanks, everyone. Any last words, babe? No, thank you all for joining us. I just, I love it. I appreciate the support, the feedback that we hear on, you know, the stuff that we do together on our other podcasts and I know there's so many of you excited. Obviously, this at the time of recording, this is not live yet, but I really feel um, supported by all of you out there. And I know that, um, yeah, these are just great conversations for us. And I know that it's impacting others as well. So thank you for being on the journey with us. Yeah, and if you listened this far, thank you. <laughs> all six episodes of yeah. season one. And if you made it this far, you really, you know, there's something about us that you really... Uh, resonate with and you know it would go a long way to supporting us if you left a review rated this podcast and shared it with your friends anybody that you think it might have an impact on um, as we try and um, you know share our message of love and positivity and conscious relating and you know as our family grows being able to share that journey with everyone um, you know we're just really 
focused on having an impact and sharing, um, you know, this love and this life with all of you. And we really appreciate it. Um, all of, uh, this stuff should be in the show notes. Go follow us on social, uh, check out our websites, growmotely.com. If you're looking for work and following along on Sarah's journey, theheartcollective.com. If you're a former athlete, um, joe-holly.com is my personal website. And if you want to really dive into some of the unanswerable questions of the universe, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, uh, go check out my other podcast, Quantum Coffee with Joe Holly, wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next season, where we'll be uh, diving right in to <laughs> a paradigm shifting reality for both of us. And we're really excited to bring you all on this journey and both look forward to uh, hearing from you. Love, Love you all. You all.